I am Tova Cito. I believe our lives should be happy, healthy, and abundant. And I believe it's our job to get us there. Every week, I will have inspiring, educational, and fun conversations that will help you live your very best life. Welcome to The Remedy. Well, welcome everyone to the very next episode of The Remedy with Tova and... Janice. <laughs> She's back. Yes. Tova, I mean. Yes. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> no, you guys didn't... I was telling y'all before... Uh, we started last week going solo. You and Kev did amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had big shoes to fill, but we had fun. Yeah, we did have big shoes to fill. Kevin helped me a lot. It was fun. It was uh, really fun. As a matter of fact, we're thinking about maybe doing like every other show, just you and I, right? Yeah, we'll just split off. <laughs> Fab. <laughs> I'll go more, on more vacations. <laughs> Not really. See, I'm in here for every show, no matter what. So it doesn't matter to me. Um, okay, and I'm happy to report that your shiner. It's better. It's way better. I got a couple of texts. It was really funny of people saying, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. You got a black guy. It was really <laughs> nice. It was bad. Oh. I know. I mean, I can see that it you was can bad. Still see it's like yeah. a thousand times better. Yeah. yeah. It is yeah. amazing how quickly you heal, but you have such beautiful bone structure around your eyes. Like if that didn't, if that crashed and burned, that, that would, that's, that would have been bad. Well, I'm grateful that You're it didn't. You're so lucky that I know. you didn't break anything. I know. I'm so fortunate. Or, or didn't get a big gash across your eye. Because you could have, you have little the, gashes. I hit, that, I hit that pavement so hard. I felt my head just bash into it. I mm. kind of had a nightmare about it the other night. I kept falling and hitting my head. Mm. But, you know, it, I mean, it really was fine. I got on. I took some Arnica. I did a bunch of Arnica, which is supposed to help with bruising. And I think it really did help. Oh, I've heard about that. that yeah. People, yeah, what is that? People take that supplement before they go do Botox uh-huh. or get uh-huh. injections because it helps with the bruising on the face. Gotcha. Yeah, and one of the real joys of growing older is thinning <laughs> skin. <laughs> so you bleed to death no matter what. Yeah, you can bruise so freaking oh, yeah. easily. And my mother and... uh Blondes and and lighter skinned people tend mm-hmm. to have do that more easily, and I remember my mother and I'm like, oh gosh, but the arnica really does help. Yeah, well, it looks mm. so much better. Okay, I don't know what you just said. That, oh, it was people um, texting you. What <laughs> I did a baptism yesterday, and Aww. one of the girls that I did that I, of the babies that I blessed. She said that she saw you at a restaurant or maybe the grocery store or something. She goes, oh, I'm friends with Tova. I know you. <laughs> oh, was it was it the wedding that you had done? To- no. Oh. Uh-uh. 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 She was like, she, she was like, I, she was so sweet talking about oh, you. And she said, but so I, think, I know I caught her off guard. She was like, oh, I'm friends with Tova. I know you. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I was funny. like, oh, now Janice is going to start getting it. <laughs> well, the <laughs> Not other, that you already don't. The but. other day I was in Bandier. Uh, the girls gave me some new exercise clothes or gift certificate for there for my birthday, which was so nice. I love that And when place. I walked in, I guess the sister 
of the bride that you were did the wedding in California? Oh, yeah. She was in there, and she goes, are you Janice Gant? And I said, yes, and she <laughs> said, oh, I recognized you. She said, You're, she said I was with Tova this weekend because she did my sister's wedding. Oh. She was so cute. So fun. Yeah. That was a great wedding. Yeah, I, I, I'll Ooh. bet it was. It looked beautiful on your Instagram. Beautiful. It was beautiful. Blair met me to buy my new exercise pants and it was really good because she, I wouldn't, I got there before she did and she came in and vetoed all of them and and told me, got, and picked out another one. And the other day I was walking on the Katy Trail and this young, cute girl said, really love your exercise pants. So I told Blair I needed her to do that. Blair has Amazing taste. She does. I mean, she really and has she always great style. So freaking cool. I mean, she can just put it together. Mm-hmm. You know, they gave me a dress for my birthday also. And she said, um, she said, Mom, or maybe it was Mother's Day. And she said, Mom, you need to put those with boots and do blah, blah, blah. So she really has a real gift for that. Yeah. Whenever I see her Instagram with her stuff, her line, Modern Soul, I'm like, oh, that's a great outfit. I'm going to wear my dress like that. Like yeah. she just... Yeah. Has, she's creative. She's Super very creative. creative. Commercial for shopmodernsoul.com. Oh, please. It's really cool. Let me tell you, let me tell you what's amazing about those dresses and skirts is on the hanger. I saw I've seen them on the hanger before, but on the hanger they don't look I mean, the patterns are beautiful. The, yes. the fabric is beautiful. But those look amazing on. They really do. And let me tell you, I told you or maybe I told her one day I one of my friends was like, hey, you want to meet for a quick drink? And I was in workout clothes. I took off my workout clothes and I took one of their dresses mm-hmm. out of the dirty clothes, put it on <laughs> with with some, you know, cute tennis shoes and my cowboy hat and I was ready to go. Yeah. yeah. And I, five minutes before I was not ready to go. But that's a, that's what that dress can do for you. Yeah. It's a it's a great, it's a great all line. of those things. Guys are making me want one. Yep. Well, <laughs> you, you're, well, you, you need, need to get, get your Elise. bride one. Yes. Yes. I know where you can get them. Yeah. <laughs> Might be able to point me in the right direction. Yes. I do. Okay, I do. so Janice, we need to, and Kev, we need to thank um, our sponsor for today, Julie Cooper. She, um, she is so sweet. She, um, let me, I need to find that picture. Um, I just had it. Uh, because she sent in a, a very kind and thoughtful um, do, and very generous donation to the remedy. Um, and she did it in honor of her mom's 70th birthday. Her mom is Marilyn Hastings. Oh, happy birthday. Happy birthday, Marilyn. And then also Julie's 40th birthday. And if you saw Julie, she looks about 21. Mm. I'd card her. and she's a mother of four oh my goodness she is just she's one of the most beautiful people inside now in fact she she is also a yoga instructor like your daughter Blair oh I oh I know who you're talking about Julie Cooper yes she's a cutie yes so cute Mm -hmm. her mother and I might need to be friends Uh uh-huh you know her mom's cool too yeah cool okay so today we are talking about second time around Mm -hmm. um whether it's a relationship or a marriage, or dating after divorce, um, how do you give love a second chance? And I'm just going to tell you, I don't think we're going to get to all the questions today. We probably have 15, 20 Oh, oh, these are listener question. submissions? These are all listener nice. submissions. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, we got a lot of participation. In fact, I had to screenshot because I was getting so many this morning. 
that's after awesome. I post it. Good. So, uh, so I think we should just blow I, and go. I totally agree. Okay. So this one girl, she, uh, she said, do you think that the remedy next week would provide any insight on what it's like to date a divorced man with a child? Um, I know he puts his child first as he should, but it's so complicated. It's too much, much to message about. I'm just so confused. And I said to her, because I really didn't, and I said, so if you had a question specifically, what would it be? We'll try to help. And she said, I guess the question would be, how do I handle being the other woman in his life? It's not that I fear him getting back together with his ex-wife, but she does obviously have to be in the picture. There are times when I see him texting her and I almost find myself getting jealous, even though I know that sounds a little crazy. I guess I get this complex with all that's going on. Will I be enough to make him want to go through marriage and maybe even more kids again one day? How long have they been going out? Do you know? I don't know. I don't know. But I bet I venture to guess that that is not an uncommon feeling or question that people have about. How, how do you do it? Yeah. How do you balance the X? How do you not get jealous? Yeah. Um, how do you navigate the whole child? We have a lot of questions about combining families and children. Yeah. So, you know, I remember, so when Tom and I started dating, um, I date everybody that I dated after my divorce had children, but I'll, I'll kind of address it with Tom because that's the one that I ended up marrying. And, um, and he was, as a matter of fact, today, before I left, I said, what do you, what were the most important things as far as you were concerned, as far as going the second time around. And he said, probably the most important was that they ha could handle my relationship with my son. Mm. And so sure. that, and I remember us talking about that. And Tom was really great about it because what he said to me was, I, if, if his, if my ex-wife, her name is Zuma, if Zuma ever calls me and asks me to take Corey, Unless you and I have plans for a, like if we're going out of town or we're going to a very special event, mm -hmm. I will never tell her no. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay. He said, but I'll include you on the plan. So like if Tom and I had plans on a Friday night to go to the movie and she called and said, something's come up and she was, she had already remarried and her husband's name was Jason. Jason and I are going to go out to dinner with some friends, would you have Corey? And Tom would say, yes. And then I agreed to it. I said, it's fine. You know, as mm -hmm. long as you're not breaking a date with me mm -hmm. to in order to spend time with him, then I'm cool with that. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we did. We took Corey to dinner with us, or we took him to the movie. And, you know, so that because I knew that it was very, very, very important for Tom to have a, the time with his son. Sure. And Tom traveled a lot for work, and so he didn't typically have him on a standard schedule. Mm. But he flew, I mean, he was in San Francisco and in Austin, and he flew home every weekend so that he could be with Corey wow. when he was flying that, when he was that far, that far away. And so I think that as the woman in that situation, as long as you don't feel excluded now, if Corey had something like a dad 
dad and son camp out camp or, out then <clears throat> yes of course. course but i think that that's something that people really need to talk about with one another and arrange that and know ahead of time how are we going to do this my daughters were older so they really <laughs> weren't an issue with tom but um but i i had to i didn't have to i chose to be very easygoing with that because i admired the sort of father he was. Mm -hmm. And I did not want to compete with Corey. Mm -hmm. I, cause I was going to lose. Yeah. You of know, course. and so of it really, there was one time when he and Zuma had an argument and I got kind of mad at Tom. This, this is going to sound so bad of me, but it's just the truth. <laughs> <laughs> and, I think, and I think listeners will appreciate it. <laughs> and, and I kind of got mad at Tom for not getting mad at her. Mm. And and Tom, when he got off the phone, I was like, I can't believe you just took that. Mm -hmm. Why did you not push against her? And he said, because I want to make it easy for her to let me have Corey. Mm. And I didn't want to sabotage that by pushing back. He said it just wasn't worth it. Mm -hmm. And what I realized, the reason why I was kind of reactive to that was when I was young, I remember my dad not, standing up to my mom when my mom would get really mad at my sister and I. And so I had a little bit of historical woundedness around that, which typically would make somebody more reactive to that rather than, oh, well, that's just none of my business. I, d I was reactive to it. Mm -hmm. So I think my family of origin piece was triggered in that. But I think that's a very, very important question. Yeah. I think it's a really important question. And so I, it, which begs the question for me, something you said triggered this question. When when people are dating mm -hmm. and they're not married, mm -hmm. um, but they have children, like I have to say one of the things that is, it's not a fear of mine, but a, a real thing for me that I consider is if I were to ever get married again, uh -huh. that person the dynamic with my children will change because I'm getting married. Right. But anyone who causes that the relationship, anybody who could ever cause the relationship between my children and I to change, I understand the dynamic will change, but I don't want my relationship with my children to change. And if that was ever compromised or a threat, then that would be something I would really have to consider. So what, can you give me an example of, of how that might look in well, that situation? Well, my family's really loud. Uh -huh. uh, okay. This uh -huh. is, just, this uh -huh. is the first thing that comes to mind. My kids are loud. My dinner table is loud. Mm -hmm. And, um, that was a, something that that was difficult for my ex-husband. He was always like, okay, okay, calm down. Calm, you know, shh, we're getting too loud. We're getting too, but I like the how animated and hilarious and funny and fun they are and i don't mind the loud and so when i got divorced i was like we get to be loud at the dinner table you uh -huh. know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, we like to play so music we uh -huh. like to play music we like to cook together we there's a there's stuff that we just enjoy that I don't want somebody coming in and being like, God, they're really loud at the table. Like, mm -hmm. can we, 
Can we just, I mean, I know that's a silly, stupid example, but, but I have such an amazing dynamic and there's such amazing juju in my home uh -huh. that if that had to change because of the person that I was with, that I would have to really think about that. Yeah. I think that that's what each person has to do is on what level are they willing to compromise mm -hmm. and on what on what issues are they willing to compromise? You know, I, um, Tom and Corey were messy. <laughs> and, uh, and, and after we got married, uh, it really kind of grated on my nerves. And so I would talk to Tom about it. And he was great because it, it was something that he didn't mind saying, oh, that's fine. I'm happy to tell Corey that he needs to pick his stuff up or put his dishes in the dishwasher. I mean, the, the two of them had gotten used to having a bachelor mm -hmm. pad thing. I remember one time after we first got married, I walked into the duplex, and and I, there was this horrible stench in there. And <laughs> we finally figured out that Corey had stuck a sandwich underneath his bed. <laughs> There no telling how long, <laughs> you know. But then well, one time, that's why my house smells sometimes. <laughs> yeah, probably. And then one time when Tom and Corey walked in, that, Tom had a cat, and the litter box needed cleaning. And so Tom and Corey walked in, and I had burnt incest, and they both walked in and were like, "Oh my gosh, what smells so bad." <laughs> <laughs> so we all had the opposite reaction, but it was negotiable for us, you know, mm -hmm. and Tom was willing to say, yes, of course I'll do that. Mm -hmm. And I was willing to say, okay, guys, I get it. You don't like the incense. I won't burn it anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, so mm -hmm. you've got to decide what are you willing to compromise? Yeah. What are the deal breakers? Well, and how much influence on how much you want another guy to influence your children. I mean, your children are the age that their value system is going to really be based around yours and Topher's, yep. you know, because you're the main influence. And what I encourage people who are dating somebody like that is to try to be Switzerland, mm -hmm. you know, to where there are some things that are going to be, do, I mean, really worth talking about. Like after Corey graduated from college and he came home and was kind of lying around and was looking for a job but not killing himself for it. And I told Tom, either it was Corey or me, we're going to have to leave <laughs> after he had come home from college for like three weeks or three months or something. And so Tom had my back on that. So, you know, some of those things, and it, it's hilarious. We laugh about it because Blair at Thanksgiving after that, she said, Corey, I know you were really mad at mom because she – they kicked you out of the house. And she said, don't worry. She did the same thing to me and my sisters because I just had a limited time when they could be at home after they graduated Heck from college. Yeah. You know, but we got into a real groove of how we could accommodate one another. And Tom was was had my back on that. And I've had, mm -hmm. you know, his back on some things with my kids. So mm -hmm. I think that that's, it's so individualized. It and is. you just want to make sure that, you know, I told Corey when, when I actually told Corey and Tom's ex-wife, when Tom and I got engaged, I said, listen, you have a mom. Nobody wants two mothers. Mm -hmm. Nobody. <laughs> and I, my goal is to suck up to you mm -hmm. and be your friend. So I never went in and said, Corey, my gosh, can't you make up your bed? Mm -hmm. I would say, Corey, hey, would you make up your bed? And mm -hmm. then if there was something that was really big, I would go to Tom and ask Tom to talk to Corey about it because yeah. that I decided that was the role I wanted to have. Mm -hmm. And I told Zuma the same thing. If I, you ever feel like I'm pushing against you, you let me know. Yeah. I don't want to be his mother. He has one mother. Yep. And, and that's, that's enough. It. And that's plenty. 
So when you're dating, like this girl, she she has a hard time being the other woman with the child. Mm-hmm. When you're dating, should the should the children always be the priority? Is my first question. And once you get married, should the wife then be the priority? How do you how do you balance that prioritiz- prioritization from dating to marriage? What's your opinion about that? Well, I don't know that children are going to always be the priority as far as, far as all the little bitty issues. I think there are some issues where the children will always have a priority. Like time-wise for Tom, it was vital to him to have that time. Mm-hmm. And he cooked dinner every night. He loved to sit down with the family for dinner. I, after I got my divorce, it's like, you know, me cocina was my kitchen. <laughs> We'd walk in there, but I was like, hey, there they are again. <laughs> you know, and so, but that was his priority. And so I was, so I thought, okay, that's easy for me to accommodate. Mm-hmm. You know, now if, if it was going to be something that like, for example, he would never go out with me on a, if he, if he was going to be with Corey and he canceled his date with me, that would be a deal breaker for me, mm-hmm. you know? So I think there has to be some sort of moderation around that. Even while dating? Absolutely while dating. Okay. Because, because that's going to, what that's going to carry on throughout, Yeah, you know, and I don't know if, if somebody had to go to the guillotine and Tom had to choose between me and Corey, I think he'd choose Corey. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know that that parent-child relation, I don't know that the, that the, I think when it's the, the mother of the child, then it's very closely associated. I think if you are dating, I think the children would probably have some priority mm-hmm. over the new mom, mm-hmm. the new the stepmom, mm-hmm. the new wife. But, I, man, I would really want them to talk about those things and negotiate. Yeah. You know, that's the thing that you're after is you're after being in a relationship with the second time around especially. First time around, we're just wanting to get married and have babies, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And second time around, it's it's a, it's more it's as much of a cognitive decision as it is an emotional decision. Absolutely. You know, you don't want anybody exactly that's going right. to come in and totally disrupt your happy household. Mm-hmm. No. You want to know what's so funny about you saying that? I mean, when I got married when I was young, I never thought, I never once thought outside of us walking on the beach when we were 80 about how their behavior could affect things in the future. I never thought about, and now I look at every behavior Mm-hmm. of every person I date and think, okay, what would that look like in five years? Mm-hmm. Well, Okay, what would that look like around my children? How would that dynamic really work after 10 years of marriage? Well, and you know, <laughs> I don't, I, it's kind of like a caterpillar. You know, if you are, if you spend too much time trying to figure out how all those legs work and you pull them off one by one, then eventually the caterpillar ain't going to move. Mm-hmm. I think you want to be kind of careful about not being too microscopic about every single issue, you know, for five years, 10 years. Because really, I don't know that you know that. Can you tell the future? Yeah. (laughs) It's such good advice. I'm just, it's just a different perspective Mm -hmm. the second time around. You just, you, you do use your mind. 
I never used my mind. Exactly. The first time around. No, it was all heart. No, it was. And other things. (laughs) (laughs) And other parts of my body. (laughs) If I'm just being honest. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Tom and I laugh about that all the time, you know, because I said, you know, I, I, you know, I'm writing a book on dating that I've got to get on. But I started. (laughs) You are not writing anything right now. I'm going to call your ass out just like you call mine. That's true. I'm not writing it right now, but I'm going to when I go home. <laughs> but the, in my book, I talk about, you know, men are looking to marry, you know, an ex Patricia porn star, and women are looking to marry Daddy Warbucks. Totally. <laughs> the second time around. Totally. I mean, we hear that all the time. We see that all the time. Yes. Yes, we do. Okay, we spent t- like 20 minutes oh, on gosh. our first question. <laughs> I hope everybody's excited about I forgot about that was the first question. <laughs> a four hour remedy. <laughs> But I feel like we we probably do an episode for each question. Nailed oh, nailed good. a bunch of things. <laughs> we have our we have our topic for the next two years. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Okay, this is a good one. Hi, I am not divorced, but I have a few friends that are. What is the best way to support them and be a good friend to them? Don't you love that somebody would ask that? I love that question. I do too. What was the best thing for you with your friends? You know what I appreciated so much is that they would still include me. Such a good point. I felt that my friends never stopped including me because it was a couple thing or it was husband and wife or I I can, people who are divorced can be a third will, a fifth will, a seventh will. And I didn't think about that. You could be like excommunicated from a whole group. Totally. Yes. Dinner parties. Yeah. Uh, you know, th- a couple's thing, uh, family vacations. Like my friends never stopped including me. And I really, 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 really appreciated that because I still wanted to go. Yes, of course. Of course. Yeah. I still wanted to be included. I don't want to be left out because I didn't have a husband. That's so awesome, Tova, that your friends did that with you. I did not. My very best friends, totally like five of my best friends, but a lot of the extended friendships did not. I was one of the very first person one of the, it to get a divorce that I knew, mm. you know. And so I, um, so it was really different. You know, there were a group of people that really did exclude me. Well, they didn't, I'm not saying that they said, oh, we're not going to invite Janice, but they didn't say, oh, let's invite Janice, you know? And so that was hard for me. It is hard. For a while. And I'm so glad to know that that's like that for you. Yeah, I think that's awesome. Yeah, it was, it meant a lot to me. And um, wait, I had another thing that I was going to say that meant so much to me. Um, (sighs) What did what did my friends do? Oh God. I'll think of it and then I'll. Yeah. But I re- I just really appreciated being included. I didn't want to be left out because because I didn't have a boyfriend or I didn't have a husband. No, and it's lonely. Kind you have to get used to being alone, mm-hmm. even though you weren't happy in your marriage or you would not have gotten out. So you were glad to get rid of that aspect of the relationship, but it is lonely and you've got to build, or I had to build my tolerance of being alone. Yeah. What do I do when I walk in my house and it's silent? Yes. It's. It's different. It is different. 
And another thing that I, oh my gosh, I just lost it again. Hold on. Oh, she's younger than me and she is forgetting. Losing her mind. Oh, what was it? I told it? you that fall helped my brain. Yes. You're sharp as a tack today. Well, I'm going to uh, think of it. I just thought of it again when you were talking. Um Oh, okay. Here it is. <laughs> so when people talk about how their husbands are traveling and it's so hard because he's traveling this week, uh-huh. I want to giggle. <laughs> I'm like, that's my life every day. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and so maybe, so maybe tone down the complaining mm-hmm. about your husband, number one, and, and maybe tone down around me, at least go complain to all your married friends, but maybe tone down the complaining about your husband to me and maybe tone down the complaining of how hard it is when your husband travels. Do you yeah. think that maybe sometimes they do that though, because they think that they're making you feel better. Like, you know, you're not the only one with problems. Like my marriage isn't perfect. And that's why they're saying those things. Yeah. I actually do think there might but, be something I mean, it's not to helping, it. but they, and they're, you know, they're subconsciously trying. Right. To. And if I'm honest, I will say that that really doesn't bother me, but I can see how that could bother other people. Like right. I remember when, after I lost Charlie and Louisa and people would complain about their kids, mm-hmm. I wanted to punch, yes. I wanted yeah. to punch them. Oh, I, know. I wanted to punch them. That and, makes perfect sense. Yes. Yeah. And so I could see that like, well, at least you have a husband or at least your husband right. loves you. Or, you know, I bet that could be hard for some single people. Well, how long have you been divorced? Uh, since 2015. Five okay. years. So, you know, by the time I got married, I'd been divorced 10 years, and then Tom traveled. And uh, and I, I had gotten really used to living alone because all my kids were out of my house. And, and, then, and then I got to where I really like being alone, mm-hmm. you know, and then Tom would travel, and so that was kind of great. Now with COVID, you know, sometimes I'm like, don't you want to take a trip? <laughs> Uh, you're, I mean, I love being alone, and Me I was too. able to build that tolerance, which was really helpful. It's a muscle. It is a muscle. It's a muscle that that you've got. I mean, when you've spent your whole, I mean, I, I spent a long, 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 long time with somebody else. Yeah. And, and you know, being a single mom is great, and it's also can be really challenging. Can. And, uh, and... I don't know. I just, I, I, I really laugh. I have one friend in particular who's always talking about, oh, he's traveling this week. It's so hard. And I'm like, sister, <laughs> that's, yeah, my, mean, that's my dance every day. I feel like that, that kind of stuff wears <laughs> off during the dating phase. Yeah. I mean, because you get so angry when you're so wrapped up in each other. Like, yeah. you're, you're like, literally, we'll get angry. Like, how can she leave for a week, you know, and it doesn't bother her, whatever. Now it's like, man, that week flew by. Like, <laughs> Oh, you're back already. Oh, that's so funny. I know. Because after I got back from Florida, I was like, did you miss us? (laughs) Miss me? And Tom's like, "Mm." so I know he feels the same way. I know he doesn't make the bed when I'm there. I I do that. Yep. Dishes might stay in the the sink a little bit Yep. Uh Smashing down the trash a little few more times before you take it. That last day is pretty frantic trying to get everything back together. Yeah, I know. Tom told me uh, when I was at the airport in Florida, he goes, I just ran the vacuum. (laughs) So you know that kitchen was messy. I always tell my kids what time I'm going to be home because they know what it needs to look like. 
clean. Yep. <laughs> Needs to look just like when Ex- they left. Except mm-hmm. if it's too clean. Like one time I came home, and when my kids were in, like the kids were in college, Bryn and Wes were in college. I think Blair was still in high school, and I, I don't know where I went for like two nights or something, which was probably totally irresponsible. But I came home, and the house was too clean. <laughs> And I looked around, and I'm like, oh, what is this? Something Something happened. Finally opened a drawer, and there was a beer tap, a beer cap in there. I was like, party. There's no way that you can hide everything. Like, mom will always find out. There's always something that you missed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. That goes both ways in our house. Like, I I would hate to come home after being gone for a while to a messy house. Yeah. That would drive me nuts. Uh, Are you a neat Nick? Yeah, big time. I was surprised too. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> not not as bad as I I'm used to be. When I lived time. alone, I was like this really is bad. It's pretty clean. The studio is oh, very yeah. clean. The studio is always clean. I like everything to look exactly the same when I walk back in as I did when I left, pretty much. Yeah. Do you That's want your good. wife to look I've exactly relaxed. the same? Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. no I, I've relaxed on it a lot, though, since we've been together. I got, I'm not as bad as I used to be. Because I lived alone for a long time and I yeah. was like extremely pristine. But I'm not not as bad now. Okay, next question. I divorced in 2016, and I am very content managing my life. However, I would love to meet someone, but I'm really afraid of being hurt and disappointed again. Mike's husband was gambling and fooling around, and I had no idea. He was quite good at being two people. His behavior has shocked and disappointed not only me, but all of our friends. How do I learn how to trust again? Oh, bless your heart. I'm so, so, so sorry about that. That's, that's so devastating. And that's you know, tough. I think that it, it's really interesting because my oldest daughter and I were talking today and I asked her permission to talk about her in this. And she said, I just, how am I going to trust? And I yeah. said, you know, it's, first of all, nobody's perfectly trustworthy. In other words, somebody's going to disappoint you. Yep. And once you have defined your deal breakers, like infidelity, excessive gambling, maybe, uh, untreated addiction, whatever, abuse, verbal mm-hmm. abuse, physical abuse, any of those deal breakers, if you know that when if any of those things happen, then you're out. Mm-hmm. And that's what I mean by a deal breaker. And so, and then other than that, there has to be a moderate, level of trust because people are not the deal breakers, but Mm -hmm. other things, Mm -hmm. you know, because people are human Mm -hmm. and they're never going to be perfect because we were created by divinity to be perfectly imperfect. And so it's an exercise. And you know that if somebody cheats on you again, that you will survive it and Mm -hmm. you will leave the situation. It's very difficult. It's hard to exercise that muscle again. It's, it's very, very, very hard. And I, I mean, I notice it in my relationships. It's, you know, when you have been really hurt by someone, I mean, the the smallest little trigger of one of those behaviors that, that, um, what, that you were hurt by, it can trigger me and I can go right back to it's PTSD. I mean, I can, I can go right back and start shaking and have to go to the bathroom and a stomach ache for something. So before 
my trauma, that would have been like a two for me. But after my trauma, now that that event, whatever it is, is is a 10. Mm -hmm. And so I would also say, give yourself some grace. For sure. That not only give other people grace because they're human, give yourself grace because you're human too. And and the trauma that people have gone through is real, and it takes a long time. A long time. You will never get over it totally. You right. will get through it. Yes. And you know, one thing that I suggested that my daughter do, and I think it would be a really good exercise for this listener, is I said, you have two components with this trauma, this trust thing. One is past relationships. The other one is your family of origin history. And I said, so what I would like for you to do is write down every incident during your childhood that you feel that you were victimized, that you, so that you, what happens if you feel like you're a victim, then you don't trust. And so, and I said, and that's going to include some things with me, you know, because I probably stayed longer than I really could have, you didn't trust me to take care of myself. There were times when you didn't trust me to take care of you because I was so obsessed with him. There were times when you didn't trust your dad. You know, did it, who cheated on you in mm-hmm. high school, in junior mm-hmm. high, you know? And and then you make a list of all of those. And then the, the guys that you dated, the, the guy that you married, in what ways did... did did you lose trust for him and the di- and the guys you're dating now or you have dated as a divorced woman you know so that you are able to look at the historical piece which is the little girl or the little boy piece because whenever you experience have an adult experience it, you're going to have an adult PTSD reaction and a lot of times you're going to, that's going to be coupled with the childhood reaction. Yeah. You know, you know, for you, like Tova, you, you didn't, you couldn't trust your mom to live. I mean, mm-hmm. she died too young, mm-hmm. you know? So that was in, in what you don't, the child's brain cannot rationalize it. Mm-hmm. And so there's the emotional component that's very rooted in our guts. And that's when we over react mm-hmm. to things and get suspicious of everything that that's probably the child coupled with the adult experience. That's very informative. I think that it is- would really help people to do that exercise. Wow. That's really, really, really helpful. And I, I, I've never heard that before, but that makes perfect sense to me that probably our worst reactions come from our deepest wounds. They do. They really do. And I told my daughter today, really I said, helpful. the only, the only perfect trust you have is with your God. Oh, absolutely. It's the only one absolutely. because humans, I'm going to disappoint you. Yeah. I may lie to you. Yeah. Although I'm really not ever going to Tova <laughs> or Kev, you know, but you don't it, have to. <laughs> <laughs> but it is it, it 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 runs very 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 deep. Yeah. The 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 times where I get the most reactive and I can become the most afraid and the, or the most angry are the those are my oldest wounds. Mm-hmm. That they is are. very 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 insightful. And you know, I one of the things that I know now is that I got a divorce. It did not kill me. 
I don't want another divorce. But if for some reason Tom acts a fool, which I don't think he will, (laughs) and I leave, that I will not die. Yep. And so that's the good news of surviving a divorce is you know you could do it again if you had to. Yeah. Even though you don't want to. No, no, Whatever you've been through, you you can. You can survive things. But you just don't feel like you can when you're in it. No. Um, okay, next question. How much time? Okay, we're all, all right. We're all right. Okay, so excited for this week's episode. I recently went through a really bad breakup. I actually got to chat with Janice about it during a therapy session. Um, and I would love to get y'all's perspective on navigating the dating world when you're in your 20s. I am 24. I know that's a super vague question, but would just love any advice you all can give us younger girls on dating when it seems like everyone else is getting engaged. Thank you for all of the work on your podcast. I look forward to every week, and I'm so blessed by you and Janice's incredible wisdom. Oh, that's so nice. Isn't that sweet? So sweet. That is so sweet. So dating in your 20s, I I tell any 20-year-old that's sitting on my couch who feels less than because she's not in a relationship or she's not engaged or she's not married to move to a coast. (laughs) (laughs) I totally agree. (laughs) Get the hell out of the South. (laughs) That's funny. Uh, Because I mean, that is just a silly, silly, silly pressure. Then, Mm -hmm. and I feel so, and so many girls have it. I totally agree with this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a, it, it's, well, I mean, I didn't get married until I was in my 30s. But I think a lot of people get married young, especially women in the South, because it's just, you know, that's it's like the next do. thing you do in your life. That's what you yes. do. Yes, yes. And there's a tremendous pressure to do it in this fast order, you know? Yep. Like, yes. Let's say graduating college in a certain window of time. It's yes. just what you do. There's one girl that I counseled that lives in Colorado, and she dates long distance a guy in Houston. And she adores him. She wants to marry him one day. She does not want to get married right now. And... She literally hates to come to Texas because mm. all everybody's always asking, asking hey, when are yep. y'all going to get engaged? Like, mm-hmm. when do you think you're going to get married? And mm-hmm. yeah, the parents are putting pressure. The grandparents are putting pressure. And she's like, I'm just not ready yet. I, I want it one day, but I, there's still things I, I want to do. You know, I'm just not there yet personally. And it is so that is really hard on sure. even people who are dating and they feel the pressure. Definitely, of, that societal and familial yes. pressure, I think, pushes people a lot of people into situations that they don't necessarily want to be in just because they're going through the motions. Well, how many people have have do we know and have we counseled that said we got married too young, we got married too fast, we got mm-hmm. married. Yeah, Did I, I know what I wanted I, when I was 21 years old? Absolutely yeah, your not. Your brain wasn't even done developing. No. no. I and, still don't think it's done developing. And the worst is, and if if you're listening and this is you, please don't get married, is I knew, I knew it when I married him that it wasn't the right person, but I just, we had dated so long or my parents put this pressure on me. Or the it, wedding was already planned. Yes. Mm-hmm. You can, people, Get out. Please get out. Sometimes even if your significant other isn't putting the pressure on you that hard, that future in-laws can be putting it on you hard, too. Sure. And that puts, you know. Of course. Because everybody wants to please their parents of whoever they're with. 
Of course. You know, I think that I think that in your when you're dating in your twenties, that you are dating if you can in your brain think I am dating to find a partner, not a husband, not a father, but someone with whom I really get along, that I share a value system, that I laugh a lot with. And then if that's your motivation to find somebody, I think the the wedding part will just happen maybe 10 years, you know, or maybe never, Mm -hmm. you know, but I think if you, that mindset of, I have to find somebody because I have to get married. I counseled with a girl the other day who is not married and she's like 28 and she's going to have a baby. I mean, she's, yeah. Go it, go for it. Yeah. Uh, That's what I said. I said, you don't have to be married to have a baby. Mm Mm-mm. If that's what you really want, then get pregnant mm-hmm. or get, have a sper- uh, you know a sperm donor mm-hmm. or adopt. Yeah, uh, get a baby mm-hmm. daddy <laughs> and go to town. Another you know? thing, big time frowned upon in the south, though. <laughs> that's right, but but it's less and less and less. Yeah. You know, I do think that the For younger sure. people are less marriage. You know, I think that their parents probably are not as much. Right, right. Well, but yeah, it's 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 not easy. When everybody, when you feel like everybody else is getting married and, and you're the one, I, I counsel, I've counseled a lot of girls who struggle with that. Yeah. And they've been a bridesmaid for yep. 10, 10 yep. times, all those dresses yep. hanging in her closet. Yep. yep. Yeah. It's Never difficult. the bride. It is yep. hard. Yeah. Um, the exact opposite. I look at all those people that were getting married like right around the time I'm going, I'm like, what a bunch of dopes. Like, none of this is going to work out. But now you're very happy yes, about it, right? But I, I can honestly say I didn't date anyone in my 20s that I honestly wanted to marry. But isn't that interesting? Because but I definitely felt pressure to was so in several is situations. younger than you? Yeah, she's a good bit younger than me. She's still in her 20s. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, 29. well your, your, your priorities change as far as what you're looking for. Definitely. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, this is a good question. Yes, I am very happy now. To, back to that point. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Once good I figured answer. it out, it all made sense, but it in. took a long time. You know? <laughs> you it took me answer, a real long time. Answer that question. You yes. might want to buy flowers on the way home. <laughs> Everybody who knows me knows I do the things that people do normal in life, I do about five years behind. That's just the way I am. So I'm always a little behind everybody else. <laughs> it's all right. As long as you get there, right? Yeah, That's exactly. Exactly right. Is there a formula for how long it can take to get over someone? Two years. That's what I think. No matter how long you dated them, it's a long time. Uh, yeah, I think it. Ta- I think it's it's a grief process, and I think grief takes about two years to get beyond it. It doesn't mean you're over it again. You know, I some people never get over a divorce, or they never get, but they get through it. And and I think grief is kind of a, that's my formula. I say it's at least two years. So give yourself a two year. I mean, if, if, it, if you went out with them last weekend and then they never call you, it's not going to take you two years to get over that. But a divorce, I think is a two year process. Okay. What do you think? Um, I'm, I, somebody else asked a question like this. Um, it was talking about how they had still weren't over. They had been married. Oh, here it is. I I have been divorced for 10 years, and I still miss my ex-husband. 
will I, will this ever go away? We were married for 24 years. So I, so I know that those questions are different, but it mm -hmm. is that question of getting over. I mean, if the thing that, yo, go well, ahead. I was just going to say, I would suggest, I, I think that what, I think that what a lot of people have difficulty getting over is the fantasy of the relationship mm -hmm. and the potential because we all get married, think it's going to be forever and ever and ever. And so a fantasy looms large in our brain. What I would do is I would write down the reasons. I would do an inventory. I mean, what happened in the marriage? Did he cheat? Did he you know, make a list of the reality of the relationship. So you're going to kind of make sure that you incorporate the things that weren't great. I mean, clearly it wasn't great because you got a divorce. Even if it was not your idea, you were not being loved in the way in which you should have been loved. You know, if somebody cheats on you or cheats, or whatever. I mean, that's their issue. Mm -hmm. And it's not a reflection on you. It's right. a reflection on them, but it affects the heck out of you. Sure. So make sure you inventory the negative a little bit, because that'll keep you grounded in reality instead of living in the fantasy. That's always the advice I give. I, I, having an inventory, I think is very powerful. I do too, because you see it written down and you're like, oh, Holy smokes. Yeah. I don't miss that at all. all. Wait, he used to yell. Wait, he didn't come home. Wait, he made me feel insecure when he looked at other women. Wait. I mean, if if that was your reality, there's not a whole lot to miss. You challenged me with that. One yeah. time I came into your office crying and I was like, I'm just so sad. And you said, why? I said, I just miss him. And you said, what do you miss? Mm -hmm. And then I think I just sat there for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I was missing the fantasy of what right. of my marriage. And we all create that fantasy. Mm -hmm. We all create it. I mean, mm -hmm. even even dating relationships, you know, there's some fantasy in that. Because For people sure. come on strong. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I miss some of those jets. <laughs> 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 but I like you. I love you, Tom. You're better than that. You might want to get some flowers on the uh -huh. way. <laughs> I'm going to get a bikini. <laughs> you might want to stop at a lingerie store on the way. <laughs> I'm going to get a bikini. <laughs> just make sure that might not that might not work. <laughs> I was about to say, just make sure it doesn't show your hiney. <laughs> That's right. I will not walk out of the room. I will back out of the room. <laughs> I love when you talk about your 60-year-old butt. Oh, my gosh. It makes oh, me laugh. it's hard. 60-year-old butt. Plus, it's hard. <laughs> oh, God. That's good stuff. Um, okay. This question kind of goes along with that one as well. Um, it said, hold on. I was reading it. Um, I have heard both of you say that when people get divorced, divorced, both parties are responsible. I really feel like I was not responsible for the demise of my marriage. Am I in denial? Uh, probably. I'm not saying that you were responsible for someone else's behavior, but you picked them. And so you were a victim of the picker. 
mm-hmm. which stinks. Mm-hmm. But it but it keeps you from being paralyzed in it because if I am just a victim of all of this, then I won't. It's very difficult to get beyond it, you know. So I think that you know there are a million things that I could have done differently in my marriage. Yeah, absolutely. And so I think that's part of it, mm-hmm. you know. But if somebody cheats, somebody. No, you didn't cause that at all, but right. you did pick them. Yes. You know, I I have never thought that my ex-husband's behavior was because of something I did or did not do mm-hmm. in my marriage. I really believed from the very beginning, this is him. Mm-hmm. But getting divorced created an opportunity for me to take a deep dive and really look at myself because just like you, Janice, there were things that I did in my first marriage that I knew I wouldn't want to take into my next relationship, next marriage. And I have to tell you, I dated a couple of guys and stubbed my toe because I picked the same kind of guy that I was married to, right. to date. Right. And then I had to readjust and be like, wait a minute. I, I've worked really hard to understand that that child in me that keeps picking and keeps exactly. trying to resolve yes. this issue inside of me by picking the wrong person. And so I, it, it, is a, it is an opportunity for both parties to take a deep dive into, into how they show up in a relationship. I agree. And I think that if you per- if you perceive yourself as being a victim, a total victim, then victims will pick people who victimize others. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think we can get into a similar pattern. Mm-hmm. It's when I look at myself and think, okay, what could I have done differently in that marriage that may or may not have affected his behavior? Mm-hmm. And, oh, I, can, I need to change that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's not about beating yourself up. It's about being better so that you pick better. Yeah, for sure. Whatever I believe, I'll receive. So if I feel like I'm such a victim, oh, I never did anything wrong in that marriage, I had nothing to do with that, then just hold on because there'll be another one in there. Yep. You know? (laughs) Like you say, the lazy Susan will come right back around. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh, you take it off. If you get it the first time, you miss it, don't worry, it'll be back. (laughs) I love when you taught me that. (laughs) Okay, this one kind of goes along. It's funny how these are kind of running into each other. We'll do this one, and then we'll pick up the rest next week. Because we still have lots. Um, Okay, this one says, I have been divorced for three years, and I went through a lot of therapy to try to heal. I'm dating someone who never went to therapy after his divorce. Is that a red flag? Well, I think that, I don't know that it's a red flag, but I would I would strongly suggest before you decide that you're going to marry him or or even if you really think you have the are falling in love with him that he do some work, just a little bit of work. I mean, he doesn't have to go for a long time, but I think it's always good for people who that who have been divorced for both parties to look at themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just it's just a learning experience. Oh, I It's huge. Oh my gosh, I think it's I think it's critical mm-hmm. for, I mean, I still need to be in therapy for lots and lots of things. I mean, I was thinking today in the car on the way over, not my issue, not my lane, not my problem. I'm in a jar. 
it can't touch me. I mean, <laughs> all the things that I'm in a jelly jar. I'm in a jelly jar. It can't touch me. Not my problem. What they think about me is none of my business. I mean, I, it's all the things, right? Sure. That you sure. just have to say to yourself because we're just human. And we I'm are. and I I do. I have a tendency to take my stuff and just go right to the next relationship that looked exactly like the last one that because well those are pathways in your brain mm -hmm. you know a lot of us i mean we love like we were loved you know or, mm -hmm. and when if we had critical parents or critical religious systems or whatever you know we've got these pathways that are we're going to continue to travel down that road until we develop a road less traveled and go mm -hmm. on a new pathway yeah. and so that's why therapy helps i think is to mm -hmm. spot it Mm -hmm. you know, and, mm -hmm. and then change it, name it, claim it, change it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. Good stuff. Peeps. Oh, forgot about our music. <laughs> You're so enthralled. I'm asleep at the switch over You're here. so <laughs> enthralled. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Another great week, Janice. It was fun. I think we have like 10, 10 more questions. Oh, wow. No, people were in it That's to win so it. good. Thank y'all so much for writing it questions. Yes. That's so fun. Good ones, huh? Yeah. And really so, fun. And so we have another week to collect them. So okay, cool. if anybody wants to um, ask us any questions for next week, go ahead and send them in. You can email JaniceGant at gmail.com, Tovacito at gmail.com, or direct message either one of us on yes. Instagram. Well, direct message be the remedies. Yeah. How about I'm gonna that? work on that. <laughs> I really am gonna work on that. So, I don't even know how, how to find that. Be the remedies. <laughs> direct message be the remedies. That's where you can find us. All right. Thanks so much for listening. Y'all have a great week. Have a great week.